second thing is that now uh, you know new uh, first time founders actually have somebody to go and talk to of figuring out you know what to do and what not to do so they are learning from other founders uh, mistakes and one pattern because i'm also associated with uh, with saas bhumi as a community one thing that i'm seeing is communities are playing a far more uh, important and central role because they are truly living the ethos of the paid forward uh, thing there are founders who are openly sharing their playbooks uh, the mistakes of what they did so that you know other new upcoming founders don't repeat the mistake hi welcome to forbes india startup fridays which is a weekly conversation with accomplished entrepreneurs vc investors and other folk who are doing significant work in india's startup ecosystem you can find a new episode every friday evening you can also find us live on instagram every friday morning i'm hariyarakli and my guest today is sangeeta bavi director startup ecosystem at microsoft india previously she was chief of staff to the president of microsoft india sangeeta started her career at wipro more than 20 years ago uh, where she was a senior design engineer i think she has a degree in computer science and then she had a long stint at uh, nokia where she led uh, projects products uh, as well as developer outreach uh, along the way she also got an mba from uh, indian institute of management bangalore uh, today at microsoft uh, she is helping uh, startups uh, from the idea stage all the way to becoming established uh, businesses she is also a very active volunteer in the community bu- community builder uh, effort as part of the saas bhumi network of cloud startups and entrepreneurs in india sangeeta wonderful to have you uh, with us this morning thank you for making time and uh, welcome Absolutely. Thanks, Hari, for having me over. All right. So uh, to get us started, let's start with a very simple question. Uh, give us a glimpse into your work. What does it uh, entail being director of startup ecosystem at Microsoft? Uh, you know, there is there is chaos uh, all week around Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I get calls like at eleven. I get WhatsApp messages at two in the morning. So. it's it's an always on uh, job but it is also a lot of learning because you are literally interacting with the best minds in the country right uh, best innovators in the country and there's also a lot of purpose in terms of what i do as part of my job uh, while i have a ringside view of the ecosystem uh, i'm not a practitioner but i am a supporter and i would say i'm a builder of uh, you know supporting uh, founders uh, along their journey okay so i was actually going to ask you if there is a typical day at work you kind of uh, destroyed that question but still uh, uh, what might be uh, uh, a sort of a, a, a typical day for you uh, give us uh, i mean given that you meet every day new aspiring founders as well as uh, entrepreneurs who are at various stages maybe start with your first coffee or tea and take us through a day at uh, work uh you know for me uh, I- i'll i'll just uh, tell you a little bit about the worlds that i operate in right i work for microsoft which is a which is one of the largest tech innovators in the world but it is a mnc it is structured it is uh, process driven uh, we offer literally uh, anything and everything that enterprise businesses can use right we almost are like the tech backbone or the tech fabric uh, of an enterprise so there's a vast portfolio of offering 
And then the other world that I interact with is the world of founders. Extremely agile, extremely nimble, uh, very, very ambitious and very, very uh, well-read, right? They, they are very clear in terms of what they want. So there are these two uh, sort of diff- uh, two worlds that I have. So my typical day is actually twofold. How do I bring simplicity of my what Microsoft can do for the startups? And second is from the founder's perspective, because there's always this limited time and information in which you understand what the startup is doing, right? So trying to uh, get the big picture from limited information that you hear from the startup founders and then marrying it to what Microsoft can do. My my every day is like that. Most of the days it's about, you know, marrying the two worlds and seeing how we can best uh, partner. Yeah, so I guess that's a good uh, point from which we can dive into this today's conversation a little bit more and to get uh, deeper into the context. Uh, take us through, if you will, Microsoft's approach or philosophy when it comes to working with uh, startups? Hmm. Uh, you know, Microsoft has always, we, we are a platform provider and we will continue to be a platform provider, right? We don't compete with startups. We don't have solutions with which compete with any of the, uh, any of the startups. So for us, we need startup partnerships to actually bring a lot of uh, meaningful innovation and disruption to our uh, customers, partners, developers, students, pretty much the entire audience uh, uh, that we uh, cater to, right? So for us, when we are working with startups, the interest and uh, how we have basically um, approached the startup program is we look at a threefold benefit for Microsoft. One is working with startups, our tech actually becomes better. Uh, we kind of future-proof our uh, technology because we know what the tech innovators, founders are using and how they are using it. Uh, So, which means that our startup programs are where we bring in a lot of our engineering people, our engineering experts to work directly with uh, the tech innovators. The second thing is that for us, uh, when we are working with startups, we also look at How can we take some of these innovations and solutions to our end customers, which are built, tested, made secure on the Microsoft tech platform, right? And then the third aspect, which we are now focusing uh, very deeply on is how do we basically uh, uh, bring technology for the larger good of society? Uh, Tech is not just driving business. It can just make such a strong impact on society on on minimizing the uh, you know the financial barriers that are there and startups are actually innovating in this space as well so we are also creating a lot of programs where we can partner with social entrepreneurs and and make this partnership uh, truly beneficial for microsoft as well okay um, give us also a bit of uh, history of microsoft's work with uh, startups in india how long ago did microsoft start working with startups in india what are some of your uh, if I can put it this way, uh, flagship pro- programs uh, that you uh, offer to startups. Uh, so you know, Microsoft has had we've had a, a, a presence in uh, in India since several years, uh, doing a lot of work with uh, developers uh, in the startup space, uh, doing a lot of evangelism, developer community work, and all. Uh, but broadly, if I have to talk about uh, the startup programs that we have. 
uh, for India uh, specifically, we have our global startup program, which is uh, which is the Microsoft for startups, which is our umbrella program. Uh, and you know what we are now doing uh, in the last couple of years is uh, this is a umbrella program which supports uh, all sorts of startups, but there is just such a wide offering tech offering from microsoft if i look at the portfolio itself right we literally have everything from say a system of records for finance which is erp solution to helping developers increase their productivity which is github and all of this is available in the form of a platform what it means is that you know uh, developers and startups can build innovative and disruptive solutions on top of these platforms so what we have been doing is we have been creating programs to cater to specific needs of startups so we have for horizontal saas startups we have our isv program which essentially leverages the sales machinery of microsoft and microsoft's partner ecosystem to help scale uh, businesses for these horizontal saas uh, solutions now we are focusing a lot on industry specific programs be it agritech uh, we saw an opportunity in india last year so we launched the agritech uh, program which is a partnership uh, working with both uh, microsoft business as well as microsoft engineering uh, then there are specific programs around technology so we recently launched a program for working with startups which want to use ai ml as part of their uh, businesses and then there is also a program for uh, you know mature startups which is a strategic uh, partnership program so mature startups who are looking at uh, going global or who are looking at uh, you know going deeper with technology uh, we do strategic partnerships uh, with with these startups so there's a there's a wide variety of programs catering to startups in india uh, and the best part is because india is a growing startup ecosystem we are able to bring in those customizations and and fulfill the needs of the market okay i didn't know that microsoft was uh, getting deeper into the agritech space in india and i think it's very timely also i mean there's also been news about uh, some of the agritech startups now raising much larger funding and things like that so i guess uh, this is something that we need to circle back to at some point and uh, definitely uh, downstream in this conversation i want to ask more about the ai innovate uh, program as well but uh, next question uh tell us also about the microsoft for startups founders hub uh is that something that's on offer in india as well and what are the ways in which entrepreneurs uh, you know benefit from it yeah so uh you know founders hub is uh, is the global program under our microsoft for startups uh, uh program umbrella uh we've always had programs to support startups right but earlier we used to work with a very specific set of startups it was a, always a very i would say a cherry picking uh, approach working with b2b saas startups which have reached a certain stage in their journey with founders hub what we are doing is uh, one we are bringing a completely new digital experience to startups and startups from literally an idea stage so even if you have an idea and you have your uh, you know linkedin page uh, up there uh, microsoft will support uh, the startup Uh, to a startup which is you know reached a very mature stage so founders hub actually covers the entire uh, breadth and the entire journey of startups and under the founders hub uh, program uh, we have everything from tech enablement to business enablement to even uh, you know supporting startups and guiding them 
in terms of how to raise funds, connecting them with, uh, you know, the right uh, VCs in our ecosystem to providing uh, mentorship. So we also have created a pool of mentors, not just in India, but globally that you can reach out to from a technology and industry domain perspective. And then we are also bringing as part of the Founders Hub, you know, if you need support in terms of doing product uh, development. So it's literally handholding the startup from uh, everything that they require as they are scaling their business. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, so yeah, I, I was just thinking that, you know, when when there is headline news, like, you know, Microsoft investing in a company like Flipkart or something, of course, immediately throws the spotlight on your engagement with startups. But give us a flavor of how you work with startups on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you talked about so many different things that are available. So give us a sense of what are all the different things that happen on a day-to-day basis that makes a difference you know, in both directions. Uh, got it. So, you know, uh, when when you uh, say, uh, when, when you read a headline like Microsoft has partnered uh, with Flipkart, right? Uh, it's, it's also very reflective of our uh, mission statement. Our mission statement in Microsoft is to empower every person and every organization on this planet to do more. Uh, this is very applicable for every startup and every tech innovator too, right? Uh, And I I mentioned all these programs that we have, all the benefits from doing tech enablement to mentorship is is available. But day to day, how uh, what uh, what the program looks like is, you know, depending on uh, what the startup needs are and what stage the startup is in, we are able to support the startup just to give you a very recent example. Uh, there is a startup which is uh, still in, uh, you know, still at the MVP stage, but they are a deep tech startup. And when we had the first discussion with them, we realized that there is a lot more that we can do from a product partnership perspective, although they are still at a MVP stage, right? Because they are doing such fantastic work in the area of security. We are now bringing in Uh, our security engineering team to work directly and collaborate with them to integrate some of the, uh, you know, solutions that they have as part of our uh, security offering. So depending on what uh, what category and what needs the startup has, uh, we are able to bring these programs, uh, relevant programs to the uh, startups, Hari. And in a sense, see, this is also... How do you actually discover it? How do you basically know uh, which program to avail and who to reach out uh, to in uh, in Microsoft from a founder's perspective? Founders Hub is going to serve that. It is actually a complete digital experience umbrella for uh, all the startups and all the founders to discover these programs uh, within Microsoft. Hmm. Okay, so while on the topic of programs, uh, recently the AI Innovate uh, program caught my interest and and, and uh, I had a chance to talk to you about it briefly a couple of months back. Uh, tell us about, of course, AI is kind of the, you know, uh, flavor of the day and everyone is excited about it, but tell us a bit about this program, uh, why you started it in India, what, who will benefit and, you know, what are the ways in which this works? Sure. Uh, so, you know, uh, when we've, when, while we were working with uh, startups, how the The genesis of this program has been that most of the startups uh, that we work with 
at some point or the other in their journey are, are looking at implementing AI, ML and analytics, right? Uh, and we realize that uh, the information is not available across, uh, you know, all the relevant people in the in the uh, startup, how to go about it, why should it be done? Even from a business perspective, the decision makers need to know how will it benefit them from a business point of view, right? So we started seeing these patterns or started seeing these requests come to us uh, with almost any and every startup that we were working with. That's one. Second thing is that, you know, AI ML right now, it, it's treated as a separate uh, sort of technology. But in a few years, it's going to become mainstream. We are already seeing the presence of AI uh, analytics and all across everything that we use, be it consumer applications or, uh, you know, some of the enterprise solutions that we are uh, we are using. And that's where we saw the need that, hey, you know, can we programmatically support some of the startups who really want to do something innovative and disruptive using these technologies? So what we have done is we have launched a 10-week uh, program wherein uh, we started with two industry uh, cohorts right now, uh, fintech and manufacturing logistics, where we are going to where we want to help these startups build a, a use case a scenario which will help them from a business perspective. And as part of that 10-week uh, journey, we are also going to bring in industry expertise, skilling, certification on AIML uh, technologies for the tech people. But also for the business people, we are bringing in relevant, uh, you know, sessions which will help, say, for example, a category head or a product head to understand why AIML is relevant in uh, manufacturing industry today and how does it help him or her in terms of driving uh, their business. So that's essentially the, the construct of the program and we will continue to launch these uh, cohorts for other industries uh, as we scale this program, Hari. So, uh, if I ask you to step back uh, and look at uh, the Indian startup ecosystem today, and you're, you work with it, uh, you're uh, steeped in it, uh, what are some of the important ways in which you're seeing the Indian startup ecosystem uh, change uh, today compared with, I don't know, three years ago, five years ago? Uh, I would say that there is a lot more uh, maturity uh, in terms of the ideas. Uh, the ideas are uh, extremely innovative. Um, and also, I would say, uh, you know, what I call it, uh, there is uh, ambition and uh, action or ambition with action, right? It is no longer about saying that, hey, I want to do this, but there is just so much of clarity in terms of how a founder wants to scale from uh, literally from, from zero to hundred. Uh, that clarity is there and there is also a clear action plan uh, behind uh, the ambition. So that's the change, uh, at least that I have seen uh, over the last few years in the ecosystem. Yeah, in fact, I was going to follow up with asking about uh, the quality of founders and the quality of business ideas, whether there are more original ideas and so on. So uh, what are the factors uh, that are uh, making this happen? I mean, People now have more experience. People are coming back from the US. What are the things that are influencing? And since you mentioned deep tech earlier, I see that uh, there's also a nascent deep tech uh, ecosystem slowly coming up. So so what are the factors that are influencing this change? 
so one as you rightly said uh, hariban uh, good observation is that you know there is a lot of uh, tech uh, talent which is uh, coming back from us uh, back to india so uh, truly there's a lot of uh, deep tech work happening in india but also the second thing is that you know the the collective knowledge that is there in the uh, ecosystem today there are a lot of second third time uh, entrepreneurs they have gone through that journey of uh, you know what works and what fails uh, that's i think one thing second thing is that now uh, you know new uh, first time founders actually have somebody to go and talk to of figuring out you know what to do and what not to do so they are learning from other founders uh, mistakes and one pattern because i'm also associated with uh, with saas bhumi as a community one thing that i'm seeing is communities are playing a far more uh, important and central role because they are truly living the ethos of the paid forward uh, thing there are founders who are openly sharing their playbooks uh, the mistakes of what they did so that you know other uh, new upcoming founders don't repeat the mistake so i think that's why because there is now a lot more uh, inherent tribal knowledge available in the ecosystem and this tribal knowledge is also being shared uh, across various founders right that is making the quality of founders uh, much richer today than what it was in the past few years Mm. So, uh, what are some of the uh, biggest uh, challenges that you have noticed that uh, entrepreneurs across different levels of experience, uh, you know, bring up? Or when you in your conversations with them, what are some of the biggest challenges that are still out there for, especially in the Indian context? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, one challenge would be, uh, you know, making an idea to reality is. i would say relatively easy i'm not saying is it's absolutely easy but it's relatively easy but when it needs to scale when your business really needs to become take the shape and form of an enterprise it needs a different dna right so uh, one of the challenges is also in terms of you know when do founders need to take a back seat when do they need to bring in uh sort of the right uh experts also when the business reaches a certain stage that that's i think one of the uh, challenges and the second one i would say is also in terms of access to right talent uh especially on the tech side that i think is is a big challenge that we are facing today uh today in in india mm. yeah in fact and since you mentioned saas bhumi and the saas startups of course now it's it's you know even in general uh, news uh, we know about uh, saas companies playbooks being to quickly go to the us especially in terms of uh, getting uh, experienced uh, go to market talent and so on uh, i'm just thinking aloud uh, what might be the role that a microsoft can play in something like this what have you already been doing uh, so we you know why we work with uh, b2b saas startups is uh, microsoft has a complete uh, portfolio to go to enterprises right but we are a platform player now by partnering with startups we are able to actually provide end to end uh, tech solution for our customers we are able to bring in a lot more value and innovation uh, uh, for our end customers so partnering with these startups uh, you know helps us go to market or or rather offer value 
and differentiation to our customers. And also Microsoft operates in like what, 192 countries, right? Our playbooks, our sales playbooks across all these 192 countries is consistent because that's, we, we are, you know, we are uh, how we are structured. So whatever uh, go-to-market works, say for example, here in India, we are very quickly able to replicate the same for the startup in other geos. So as part of our partnership program, we also offer what is called a cross-border co-sell. Uh, that, of course, comes at a certain uh, stage in the journey of the startup, but uh, that's essentially how we uh, how we do this. And what we have specifically done to remove some of the internal barriers is that we also incentivize our sellers to sell solutions which are built on top of the Microsoft uh, stack, both our sellers as well as our partners. That's how we are able to you know, expose the entire scale and breadth of the Microsoft sales machinery, uh, including our partners to startups. That That's essentially how we, uh, you know, support them in terms of scaling their business. Hmm. Uh, so I was thinking, and, and you've told me previously, uh, last time we spoke that Microsoft also on occasion becomes a customer for the startups. And, and I know that there are companies like iCertis, which have now grown pretty big uh, and so on. Uh, any uh, more recent uh, interesting examples that come to your mind where uh, Microsoft maybe became an anchor customer that helped the startup to scale and, and then find more customers? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, for us, see, we also offer this as a partnership program, right? And think about how powerful it is when, you know, we go and tell our customers, hey, Microsoft is already using this solution. Why don't you uh, also explore it? Uh, so while, uh, of course, you know, the due diligence and the process of uh, making sure that the, the solution is right uh, uh, for Microsoft, uh, it goes through its own process. But I think one of the recent examples, while Isertis, uh, Microsoft is a customer of Isertis and also a partner, one of the more recent examples is, uh, you know, there is, a, uh, there is a startup called Lambda Test. Uh, they provide testing uh, uh, as an infrastructure service. Uh, Microsoft, Microsoft Israel team was actually evaluating and it's a startup from India, right? So they were actually evaluating uh, Lambda test for uh, using usage for their internal uh, developers and testers. And uh, we were able to, uh, you know, push uh, and recommend Lambda test because we were already working with them. So right now, uh, for us, when we are doing go-to-market uh, with Lambda test, uh, using Microsoft Israel as an example will always help. Uh, that's how we look at uh, partnering with startups, Hari. And have there been instances where uh, Microsoft helps startups get access to government customers? given that you get very large contracts from them around the world? Yes. So as part of our uh, partnership program, uh, we uh, provide go-to-market both for enterprises as well as uh, government, everything from uh, enterprise customers to mid-market customers to uh, government customers is what uh, we, we partner with uh, startups. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about uh, your own journey so far. Uh, were you ever tempted to become an entrepreneur yourself? <laughs> so actually, I come, uh, I come from a family, uh, from a business family, right? Uh, in fact, I 
when you ask this question i am the only or i am the first person in my family to do a job everybody else has either been doing uh, some business or the other uh, but have i ever been tempted to be an uh, entrepreneur no but if you look at like my uh, professional journey i have always uh, worked in especially in nokia and then now recently in microsoft in white space areas i have always sort of created and built uh, something which didn't exist in the organization so uh, yeah that that would be my uh, response yeah so i'm i'm going to ask you a bit more about that uh, but before that tell me about uh, what got you interested in software and tech originally um okay so i actually wasn't uh, i wasn't really clear uh, you know when you're growing up what what you want to do there were then uh at least during those times there were two options either become a doctor or become an engineer uh, i was very clear i uh, didn't want to become a doctor so i ended up becoming an engineer uh but luckily over the course of the uh, of my professional journey i have uh, i have had opportunities to work in very interesting areas and very different areas so that sort of you know opened up my uh a uh, world view of you know what are the various things that you can do in your uh, uh tech career uh, yeah mm. so one uh, uh, opening up white spaces uh, and making your name in in, in those areas uh, tell us about uh, some of the projects or products that you worked on or led uh, that you're really proud of looking back um several uh, but i think one one which is like really uh, close to my heart and where i saw what uh, impact can actually do uh, is the uh, uidi project aadhar project when uh, the team the core team had just started uh, the work uh, i had volunteered uh, as part of the you know aadhar uh, stack uh, on the authentication side because i was uh, working in nokia at that uh, point of time so we were able to create the first uh, biometric integrated a uh, phone where we were able to do the uh, aadhar authentication uh, on a feature phone at that time about you know 15 12 15 years back uh, it was it was just a wow moment for me i think uh, the main learning out of that was you know when technology uh, is used for the right purpose uh, what's the kind of impact that government can do i mean i i could see how this can actually transform uh, i think for me that was one of the best uh, learnings and one of the most satisfying things in terms of purpose uh, i would say that that would be the one mm. so yeah while on uh, learnings if you look back at uh, your 20 plus years of your career so far uh, what are some of the biggest uh, takeaways for you in terms of what helped you succeed um you know i i feel i'm very privileged and uh, i've had a very strong support system both in my uh, personal life as well as in my professional life right i have always uh, i've always had a very strong encouragement and uh, sponsorship and mentorship in anything and everything that i have done uh, both again you know uh, from from a personal uh, support system as well as at work i've i've worked with some of the best mentors who have always coached me and guided me and in fact even encouraged me so uh, you know i would say that uh, that basically has uh, has been of tremendous help and also the opportunity to uh, you know if you look at my career i have done 
I've been a software developer and then a product ma- manager, done evangelism, done marketing, done government work and been a chief of staff. Uh, and now I run a startups business. Every time when the decision points had to be made, whether, you know, can I, hey, can I actually do this? Can I pick up uh, a new thing? There has been some support uh, person or some supporter who has always said that, yeah, it's possible. You can do it. I have faith and confidence. Uh, I think that uh, has been, uh, you know, and I'm I'm very grateful and thankful that I have had such uh, uh, strong people in my life. Fair enough. That in in some sense, uh, those were. I mean, I guess you 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 could have uh, you probably sought out these mentors and help when you needed them. That is one aspect, but also in some sense, that is an external uh, factor where some of these things became available to you. I also want to know. Uh, I mean, in in the context of you know aspiring women executives learning from your experience, uh, what were some of the things that you did? Uh, you know, over over a period of years that you figured out were uh, maybe best practices that worked for you, uh, that kept you in a positive frame of mind when things were difficult. Uh, so that helped you uh, get perspective on any uh, any tough challenge. What are some of those takeaways? Mm, so one thing, I, what I have realized, Hari, over the uh, over the last few, especially the last few years, right? Uh, don't hesitate to ask whether it is asking for help or asking for. Uh, you know, a certain, uh, say a certain role that you want to do, only when you ask, you will know whether you're going to get it or you're not going to get it, right? Uh, A lot of times, I think what happens is uh, you hesitate in terms of asking because you have self-doubt. That's something that, uh, you know, every, and it's not, maybe it's more common for women, but it's pretty much common for most of the professionals that, uh, you know, just believe in in yourself and just ask and then you will know where you stand in terms of what you want to aspire for and how you know your stakeholders or how the organization actually uh, perceives you mm. yeah this idea of uh, uh, how even really accomplished women are often hard on themselves uh, or have more self doubt in comparison with male counterparts it's i mean pretty it's not uncommon at all i mean i've heard this from other women founders leaders executives so in your career uh, what worked for you uh, in terms of uh, you know in a previous conversation i was asking one uh, founder who happened to be a woman after this startup fridays conversation asked her what kind of questions would relate you know would would you really relate to so one of the first things she uh, told me was uh, help founders to normalize failure uh, that's how she put it so in your in your uh, career what has worked for you in terms of normalizing failure and using it to succeed? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's not uncommon. Uh, even I have uh, heard this in various forums uh, where there are women leaders or in general, right? It is not uncommon for women, even established, accomplished women to be um, hard on themselves. Uh, and you know why that happens is because it is not a straight road for women, right? Uh you while today i agree there is tremendous amount of support mentorship uh, encouragement now uh, available for women uh, in tech in leadership roles and all but we've just touched the tip of the iceberg and that's why i think it you know women tend to basically set higher benchmarks for themselves they want to be perfectionists 
uh to sort of get accepted right i think that that is uh sort of why uh why this uh observation is is not uh uncommon uh and uh, while i have personally i i mentioned this earlier while i have personally had a uh i've been a ringside witness to this part because both in my both my organizations in nokia and in microsoft today uh there is the thing that i genuinely love about the culture is you know both these organizations actually walk the talk uh, making workplace inclusive for women and women leaders i have seen this happen in microsoft right and that's why i think it's very very important uh, for for every organization to lean in and start uh, sort of you know bringing in the charter of diversity uh, of course diversity is never pivoted on gender but we need to start from somewhere and gender becomes uh, one of the things and it's not just about you know having frameworks and uh, guidance on what to do related to diversity but also making it more uh, inclusive for uh, diverse audiences or diverse employees that basically work in your uh, organization uh I, i would say that's that's essentially uh, sort of my that's been my observation um during my professional career hmm so yeah so there's an interesting uh, i guess lesson there maybe for others to replicate what nokia did and what microsoft's doing today so tell us a bit about that i mean what is the intent uh, behind uh, you know that uh, what you call as diversity and inclusion and uh, and in my case let me just ask uh, since i was asking you about uh, women leaders as you know a lot of uh, women uh, even especially during the covid pandemic uh, who left the workforce have not been able to uh, return far more than uh, men have been able to return so tell us about these two parts the part where an organization's culture can help and the part where you internally you had something in you that helped you really stick with it during the difficult periods of your career hmm uh so maybe i'll take a recent uh, in microsoft what uh, what microsoft does to uh, drive uh, diversity and what i have seen right i have seen as a practitioner i've seen as an uh, as an observer is that uh, it's not just about saying that hey you know we need to make sure that uh we have a fair representation of women in the tech workforce and the leadership team but also making sure that some of the practices that we have are uh inclusive uh to give you a very uh recent uh example uh there is a program which microsoft runs which is called uh, springboard it encourages women who have taken a break in their career to come back and work for microsoft right uh so it's almost like microsoft is going and pitching to these women saying that hey we have these kind of roles which and it's actually a very curated uh, sort of group of people that are invited and uh, the microsoft relevant business leaders come and talk about you know what are we doing how are we basically uh, innovating this is your area of interest and maybe you know you might be interested in coming and uh, you know taking this work so i think these are some of the things which encourage uh, women to uh, come back and and uh, you know uh, who have taken a break in their uh, career right the second part of your uh, question was that uh, during tough times uh, you know what do you do uh, and it, it's not just about women or it's not just about uh, you know specific gender but i think 
the biggest barriers that anyone has is within ourselves right one needs to believe in uh, what capabilities one can bring to the table one needs to be very secure about uh, oneself and overcome those self doubts i think if you are able to do that uh, you know i th- i think everything is possible and also at least in my case what happens is uh, you know i prefer to just take the plunge and i feel that you know if you uh, sort of are truly passionate about something and if you truly think that this is your calling then the larger ecosystem will come together to support you uh, that's how sort of it it uh, works out in the long run mm. i guess in a in a more ideal scenario uh, a woman leader such as yourself would rather be known just as a leader for your leadership capabilities rather than have the tag of woman leader or in, in someone else case a woman entrepreneur or women executive uh, but on the other hand a lot of uh, women uh, you know uh, you know achievers whom i've had a chance to talk to on my podcasts have said that they're conscious about the need for uh, role models today that is the reality so what is your approach to this tension between you know the tag of woman x versus uh, the need for uh, women role models hmm hmm uh- you know this this actually is a is a tricky one because do i want to be known as a woman leader as a woman professional absolutely yes uh, my answer would be a very strong vehement yes right and i'll tell you why because it gives other people um, around me upcoming professionals young talent within an organization uh, it becomes more relatable to say a young a woman professional to look at you know somebody else's path a woman leader's path and say yeah even i can do that so it helps create role models but would i go and say that hey i am a woman and hence i am entitled to this a strong vehement no then you're not helping yourself right so uh, that's why i said it's it's a it's a tricky question uh, to create role model examples you need to showcase a lot more women leaders so that uh, you know for other professionals it becomes uh, it becomes aspirational mm. what are your uh, earliest memories in terms of influences maybe even going back to your childhood you said you came from a business family and and you're an outlier in the sense that you chose to be a professional uh, growing up what were some of the big influences that you remember uh, which looking back might have shaped your career um you know i have had uh, i have had the pleasure of having some very strong women influencers in my uh, in my childhood uh, again a, a a very good support system but uh, two people who have literally shaped my thinking is uh, my school principal uh, and my grandmom my grandmom uh, you know was a fourth class uh, educated person but extremely forward thinking uh, lady in fact you know we call her the iron lady of uh, of our household and she is the one who's actually taught me to be uh, strong perseverant and fearless she like you know if it doesn't break you it just makes you stronger uh, so i think these two women have have played a very strong uh, influence in my life thari all right so on a slightly sort of humorous note uh, advice to all helicopter parents switch to tough love 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, a few uh, rapid fire questions or think of them as rapid fire questions. Basically, answer them in 30 seconds or less. Don't think, don't think too much about the answer. Uh, the first one is, uh, tell us about uh, one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring technologist that you never got. Um, network. All right. Excellent. Uh, less than uh, five seconds. Just one word answer. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Professionally, uh, name one person who has left a deep impression on you and uh, tell us why briefly. Uh, I would say Satya Nadella, our chairman and CEO. Uh, I think just an exemplary role model. Uh, you know, a, a, a true example of what a leader is, right? Uh, very strong business acumen, a visionary. And the most important thing is uh, empathy. Uh, a fantastic role model, I, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one product that you really love. Uh, it can be software, hardware, anything. Uh, uh, it, I, I would say metaverse. It's not. It's not a product, but a but a concept because it's like you know, from interacting with the internet through uh, through screens, being immersed in the internet is just a fascinating concept. And if you look at what Microsoft Teams is doing, it is already bringing some of that to uh, life, right? So I would say that's something that. Uh, that uh, I'm loving. Mm. If you read books, and, and I saw some of your writings, so I know you've written about books you've read. So uh, a book that you keep returning to? Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. It's actually, it gives you life lessons on, on I think, everything. So one of my favorites. All right. Uh, one important thing that you never start your day without, it can be an activity, a habit, even a beverage, anything. Uh, I would say my workout. All right. Uh, your favorite hack to get yourself out of a funk? If you ever feel bad, what do you do to get out of it? Oh, uh, so I cook. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I, I, I'm a self-proclaimed great cook and I also love food. So great food cooked by me is uh, what gets me out of a funk. All right. Well, last question. Uh, one city that you would love to live in? Uh, any any city in Finland. I just love that country. All right. Excellent. Uh, fantastic. Truly enjoyable conversation, uh, Sangeeta. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, thank you again for making time for this. I definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Absolutely. Thank you, Hari, for having me. All right. So that was uh, Sangeeta Bavi, Director of uh, Startup Ecosystem at Microsoft India. Uh, wonderful conversation. That's it for this week's Startup Fridays conversation and for this year's season of Startup Fridays. I will be back in the new year with another uh, Startup Fridays conversation. Until then, I hope wherever you are, you're staying safe and doing well and have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend ahead and a fantastic rest of the year and a new year to come.